like there's trouble brewing in the pre-construction market. Let's get into it. This is the Mississauga Life. I'm Sean Joffrey. So there is trouble in pre-construction market mainly because people aren't able to close because the interest rates are astronomically high. That's not something they saw coming when they initially booked these uh, pre-construction projects four, five, seven years ago. Inflation is coming under control. I mean, at peak inflation was at about 8%. Right now we're looking at about somewhere around 3% for inflation, which is great. 30% of the inflation, by the way, is the mortgage interest that you're paying. Take that out of the picture. We're closer to 2% when it comes to inflation. So what does that mean? I mean, really, from everything I've been reading, everything I've been hearing, we're probably not going to see an interest rate hike come this September when the next announcement is scheduled, but who knows? Um, rate cuts are more likely to kind of happen towards the end of 2024. Again, this is not my prediction. This is based upon everything I've I've read and heard. So towards the end of 2024, we're, we're not going to be at like six, 7% for uh, interest rates, probably going to be closer to three, 4%. Now, all of this provided that we don't run into a nasty recession. You know, some people say we are in a recession. Some people say it's coming. Uh, but for the most part, you know, things aren't rosy right now. So we're not going to see the interest rate really change for uh, maybe another year, maybe more, who knows? Why is that important to talk about? Because that's the reason why people aren't able to close on their properties today. But I mean, if they're able to, if they somehow manage to close, it, would it pay off? Like would, would values for these condos and these townhomes, whatever is that they purchased, if they're able to sacrifice right now, will that pay off down the road? Who knows? Things are so messy right now. I mean, if you look at what's happening with housing starts, uh, condo housing starts are still at the same level they were at, like for the last couple of years. Housing start is simply when somebody puts a shovel into the ground, starts building a particular dwelling. Uh, but these condos were purchased three, four, five years ago, and now they're being built. When you look at the detached segment or the freehold segment, these homes, this gives us a better idea because these were purchased like a year ago year, year and a half ago, this is on the downward trend. So this consistently, it's somewhere around 100,000, 110,000 starts um, for single family homes. We're right now at about close to 70,000 starts. So there's definitely a dip in that segment, uh, which tells you that fewer and fewer people are purchasing pre-construction properties. Building permits are down as well for single family units. If you go back as far as 2012, you know, we were looking around 7,000, six to 7,000 building units. Um, sorry, building permits, but now we're down to less than 4,000. So, I mean, a lot of times people will say, you know what, go ahead and purchase this condo, book this condo four years down the road. We're gonna have such a population boom, so much people, so many people coming to Canada that values are gonna continue to go up and we're gonna make money. There's no place for where people are gonna live. We need more real estate. There's a shortage as it is, et cetera, et cetera. The thing to keep in mind when you're thinking in, in along those lines, I mean, I'm not saying one way or the other, but last year we had a million people coming to Canada out of those, about 600,000 were non-permanent residents. I mean, these are students, temporary workers. Uh, they're not going to buy homes. They're going to rent. So if you're thinking like, okay, I'm going to buy something and put up for rent in the GTA, you're going to be cash flow negative. I mean, if that's your long-term play, 10 years, 15 years down the road to sell from that point, I guess you can't lose. But short-term, there will be some pain for sure. Uh, non-permanent residents admissions, let's take a look at April, May. Of 2023, we were at about 325,000. These are non-permanent resident admissions. And if you look at permanent resident admissions, they were at about 75,000. So uh, really, what is that? Three times more NPRs than PR. Um, if you look at the non-permanent residents, historically, if you go back as far as 2015, we've been around 100,000. This year, we're at 300,000 for the month of April and May. Three times as much. We are you going to house them? Like, what's going on here? I feel like we're kind of going into this LA model. Um, you know, all these illegals 
cross NPR is not illegal. They're here legally, but the idea is still the same. They come here. A lot of them are students thinking they're going to come here and live the Canadian dream, but reality sets in and they end up working odd jobs and uh, working for cash most of the time. So we're creating this like shadow economy of some sort. I don't know. Uh, permanent resident admissions, if you go back far as 2015 for the month of April and May, roughly been around 50,000. We're at 75,000 now. So there's a bit of a jump, but not that much, not three times more the way it is with the non-permanent resident. All right. So getting back to the whole trouble in the condo market. Um, so this is the article I want to read. This is from Jamie Johnston, the founder of Remax Condo Plus in Toronto. That's where most of the condos are. And, uh, you know, I think it's worth paying attention to reading this article. So it says that there's currently a disconnect between pre-construction and the resale condo prices. Pre-construction always commands a premium, never lived in new features, etc. But how big a premium should there be? If their premium is less than $100 per square foot, then most buyers opt for pre-construction. Makes sense. Unfortunately, the gap in Toronto itself is $400 per square foot. That is crazy. So you're paying anywhere from 25 to like 50% more because the condo is newer. I mean, if you want to get a pre-construction in Toronto. Uh, that is why most of the new projects are in the 905 and in smaller towns such as Brantford, Niagara Falls, and even Woodstock. There you can buy for under $1,000 per square foot, which is what the resale price is resale price is in Toronto. So if the resale price in Toronto is $1,000 per square foot in certain part of Toronto, not all over Toronto, obviously, depending on the neighborhood, and there's premiums. Uh, if that's the case, why would you purchase something for $1,000 per square foot somewhere in Brantford? or Niagara Falls. Anyways, the article goes on to say the problem with these smaller markets is, can you find local buyers and users at these prices when it comes time to resell? Or can you find renters at $2,500 per month? The answer will come in three years. It all really depends on what's happening with the with the labor market. What, what are people doing with a work home, you know, hybrid model situation? A lot of people are now being told, come into the office. Things are shifting a little bit. I mean, it's never going to go back to the way it used to be, you know, four years ago, but things have shifted and they're constantly shifting. So when you book that new condo thinking it's going to go up in Niagara Falls or whatever it is, the problem with Brantford, Niagara Falls, Woodstock, there are really no industries there. A lot of people that have moved there are people who are working for companies in Toronto and they will commute to Toronto once in a while, once every two weeks, once every three weeks, that sort of thing. If they have to move... You know, those markets are going to get completely destroyed. There's really no industry there. Uh, prices are not really going to go up that much. So what's going to happen? Time will tell. But personally, I would not invest in real estate that far out of the core of the city. Anywhere within the GTA is still safe. Further out to Niagara Falls, Woodstock, Brantford, very risky business. Currently, we are seeing many buyers of pre-construction units from three and four years ago, unable to get a mortgage and hence closed today. These buyers are then forced into the assignment market, selling a property before it is registered. Assignments are hard to market, very true, and the paperwork can be more complicated than just a regular resale. A lot of times, even the builder has it in their in their agreement that you put the assignment on MLS. Sometimes they do, a lot of the times they don't allow you to do that. At the outset, many of these buyers now force to sell set unrealistic listing prices. When the closing date gets under 30 days, these buyers become desperate to recover some or most of their deposits. This is when the best deals can be found, but you need to work with an agent who knows this market. Very true, I've heard personal stories from people telling me how they had booked something years back for 400,000. And then when it came time to sell, to close, they weren't able to close and sold the assignment 
license uh, for a very meager profit. So they bought it for four, sold it for like five fifty after like four or five years. Uh, obviously, you got to take into account agent fees and everything else. So I don't think it's worth it. And then capital gains tax as well. So let's go on. There's another tweet I wanted to share with you. This is from a real estate lawyer, Mark Morris. All right. So what's Mark talking about? In his tweet, he says, this month, I'm seeing the first real haircuts being taken. This was in July 16th, by the way. I'm seeing the first real haircuts being taken by my clients on assignments. They cannot close. 80K hit on a $600,000 condo or deal, rather. $120,000 hit on a $1 million deal. $200,000 hit on a $2.3 million deal. If the dam is not breaking, it sure is getting leaky. This tweet from a builder behind closed... This Okay, I think this is, this is worth listening to. Behind closed doors, a lot of old school private developers, builders, GCs, and subcontractors from my neck of the woods are whispering about contagion spreading. Everyone I speak to has already de-risked or is trying to recapitalize corporate balance sheets. There is very little confidence buyers can close, very little confidence in general. Some groups are well capitalized, some are less so. There is little doubt systemic risk is spreading, worrying the same group of successful boomer businesses, entrepreneurs who were participants in the 1989-1991 real estate crash that also brought down Olympia and York, one of the largest real estate companies on earth at the time. As per recent estimates, Toronto has 250 cranes working right now. That's more cranes than New York, Boston, LA, Seattle, San Francisco, and Washington, D.C. combined. Take from that as you wish. I'm certain you can see why concerns exist. Quickly going to share with you a story about pre-construction, um, well, not pre-construction, but buying real estate outside of the core of the city. About 10 years ago, this is when the financial crisis happened in the States. We had this builder come in from Florida and he was basically, he did a presentation at our brokerage and he was talking about how you have these brand new townhomes. They're like brand new. There's a lot of foreclosures that happen. So there's all this new inventory sitting on the market. Um, couple months old, three bedroom, two bathroom townhouse. I believe it was a condo townhouse, $50,000. And then you see the pictures, beautiful finishes in a really nice neighborhood, grass and, you know, lakes all over the place. You know how Florida is. Florida is beautiful. Um, and, uh, you know, close to a very nice pricey neighborhood, uh, very safe environment, et cetera, et cetera. You could have positive cash flow with your rents and uh, so on and so forth. So the guy came pitching, he's like, yeah, I bought three, my girlfriend bought two, my dad bought, bought one, et cetera, et cetera. You get the point. And the price point was amazing. Where in the developed world can you get something for $50,000 brand new, uh, and supposedly in a very safe neighborhood. So I decided to, at that point, I went home and I Googled it and did some research and I found that the areas where these properties were selling for fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollars for brand new townhomes was about an hour, hour and a half away from the core of Orlando. From the core of Orlando, at that time, where you could buy a fifty thousand dollar townhouse uh, for a brand new townhouse for fifty thousand dollars or sixty thousand dollars, at that time, if you were in the core of Orlando. There were no condo apartments available for less than 200,000, right? What does that tell you? When you're in the core of where everything is happening, commerce, um, entertainment, whatever you, whatever it is, everything's happened. This is the center of activity. It holds its price, but the further out you go, the more risk you're taking and the lower the appreciation. And if there is a correction, the longer it's going to take for those prices to recoup. So as an investor, if I had to park my money somewhere, I would not 
this is for local people in the GTA. I would not step out of the GTA. That's a big risk. When you, Paris, Ontario, Woodstock, Niagara Falls. I mean, if anybody who's been to these areas knows, these, are, these aren't desirable places to live in. Yes, real estate's cheaper there, but that's for a reason. Now, if there's a correction tomorrow, um, I, I see that being a big risk. Big risk because I don't see you know people saying, yeah, I don't mind living there for the next five years, 10 years because it's a great community. It's not. You're basically banking on the fact that I might live there for a few years and I'm going to rent it out. If I don't rent it out, I'm going to sell it. But like the article said, if you go to sell it, is somebody really going to pay you what you've been promised? Um, it's not safe. It's not a safe investment at all. I don't think so. So to wrap, wrap it up, there's definitely going to be there's there's signs that there's trouble in the pre-construction market. I'm seeing it firsthand myself in groups that I'm involved in where agents are kind of assignment uh, clients to other agents. And uh, it's not we're not flooded with these type of deals, but it is becoming more and more commonplace. All right. If you have any questions about any of the stuff that we've talked about, about pre-construction, uh, about what the future might possibly look like, just want to have a chat, give me a call, message me. Let's get on a call and talk about what is keeping you awake at night. Uh, that's it for this video. And if you like it, please comment, like, and subscribe, and I will see you in the next one. Take care.